This is Ike. A podcast program with a non-conventional view of reality to match Chicana, Chicano, and Chicanx reality. Ike examines popular culture and the times with a critical lens and dark humor. Dig it. We got ondas y royas, nacos y tacos, and intersectional rascache hijinks. Eso que ni que. So grab a chela. Or a lightsaber. And sit back and relax with us as we dodge the chotaawas and lowride in our bomba across the internets with masa for the masses. A huevo! Punch it, Chewy! Sí, hablamos encabronado. We interrupt this program to bring you the special bulletin of the EK Podcast Emergency Broadcasting System. This is not a test. We do not identify with the term Latino or Latinx, which we find to be inaccurate. Latino or Latinx describes an inhabitant of Latium a region in ancient Italy from which the Latin language began. And so Latin denotes a Eurocentric interpretation of who we are. Its introduction to the United States began when the U.S. government adopted the term Latino in 1997 to supplement and use interchangeably with the government construct Hispanic, first created under the Nixon administration in 1970. This was a direct attack against the Chicano movement and its embrace of its powerful cultural identity. As indigenous descendants to this continent, we here at the Ike podcast acknowledge the her history and continuation behind Chicanx identity and its origins on this indigenous land. And we reject any ethnic group names created by another group of people, in this case being the neo-colonial nation state construct of the United States. The Ike podcast is a Chicanx podcast. This concludes the special bulletin of the Ike podcast emergency broadcasting system. This system was developed to provide information to the public during emergencies. We now return to your regularly scheduled programming already in progress with your hosts, Kid Palsy and El Profe. What's happening, y'all? This is Kid Palsy, and you'll tune in to the newest episode of the Ike Podcast, episode 008, with myself, the groovy one, Kid Palsy, as I said earlier. <laughs> um, and El Profe. Yes, yes, and this is going to be a great episode, especially because I'm in the room next to El Profe, and I'm not over there uh, at my new digs in a different state, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so we're here, we're live. Uh, we're in a ki- we're we're in the kitchen. Uh, who's uh, uh, um, uh, um, whose kitchen are we in, Profe? Well, you know, uh, yes, folks. Real quick, yeah. Uh, your ears do not deceive you. Uh, I'm not talking through uh, uh, Skype, and uh, we're all uh, sitting here in the heart of uh, Oxnard, 
in the home of our newest uh, podcast member, El Cholo Viejo. Buenas, mucho gusto en conociéndote, gente. Hey, man. Cholo Viejo, so great to have you on board. And thank you for opening your doors to us. Uh, you know, uh, our listeners might catch somebody, uh, you know, uh, heating up their burrito on the, uh, in the microwave, but that's all right, you know. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, hey, Cholo Viejo, man, uh, thanks for thanks for, for thanks for coming on board, man, because uh, because I was uh, definitely getting tired of uh, I was I was definitely getting tired of, uh, of the profile over here, you know. <laughs> oh no problem. It's nice to meet both of you. You guys are great. It's nice to meet you guys and be part of the team. I appreciate it. Viva la raza. Woo! All right. Um, but yeah, man, this is also this is also going to be a great episode because we have a special guest. Uh, Profe, can you go into into detail? Well, not to detail, but can you go into more in, into uh, who is our uh, guest going to be today? Yes, another great uh, uh, thing about this episode is that we are having Monica Valenzuela uh, speak uh, and talk with us about her master's thesis on a history of Mecha, and also discuss on the trials and tribulations that Mecha is facing today. So we have quite a bit to uh, talk about today, uh, and uh, but also there's uh, some local news, right, Chilo Viejo? We have something going on. Yeah, very, very sad news. Sorry to start out with something sad, but Oxnard is $10 million short on their budget, the city budget, so there's a lot of cuts that have to be made, very heartbreaking. 33 city positions will be cut, a fire engine station will be affected and the pack the performing arts center the center of entertainment in oxnard could go down no puede pasar that's right yes uh you know um uh, and we see that the community has been uh, going to uh, the city council meetings which is great uh other places that can potentially be shut down because of the oxnard budget cuts include the carnegie uh art museum ay, ay, ay. Right, and uh, also the Colonia Library <clears throat> and the uh, local uh, boxing gym. So, you know, uh, we, we don't want to see this happen, right? Because uh, whenever there are, uh, there's a, a crisis, an economic crisis, uh, leaders tend to immediately uh, target uh, uh, art centers, schools, and, uh, and uh, libraries and so forth. And uh, it's never uh, other areas, right, that uh, ha usually get the big bu budgets. Uh, so um, with that said, uh, we're going to follow up with this in our uh, next episode. And uh, hopefully uh, the people get, the, uh, get what they want and not the uh, special interests or city council members. Damn, man, it's crazy. It's, it, makes me, it makes me really sad, you know. Um, as, as a former resident uh, um, of the 805 um, um, Oxnard, uh, it's really sad to see how, how, um, how things are going as soon as they move away, you know. So um, it's crazy, man. It's really sad. Yeah. So, but, yeah, like I said, uh, uh, a lot of people have been uh, attending the uh, city council meetings, standing room only, and that's, that's a great sign of hope. Okay, so... Lots to talk about, so we're going to take a quick break and uh, end our first word and go into Let's Talk About with Monica Valenzuela as our special guest today. All right, y'all. We'll be back, folks.
¿Qué te pasa, calabaza? We want to hear from our firme listeners. Your feedback and concerns are important to us, and they help us expand on our program segments. ¿Me comprendes, Mendes? Let us know what is on your mind by calling and leaving us a message or question in the IQ podcast voice mailbox. The phone number for our voicemail is 805-765-1279. That number again is 805-765-1279. Y no manchen con babosadas. Watch a else I'll tell your jefita and she'll give you un chingazo con la chancla. <laughs> All right, y'all, we're back. Uh, this is uh, the the EK Podcast, episode 008, with myself, Kid Palsy. And El Profe, and... El Cholo Viejo. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, and uh, it is time now for the Let's Talk About segments, um, you know, with our special guest, Monica Valenzuela. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks <laughs> for being here. Good to be here. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 and... Uh, you know, so, you know, but before we go into the discussion, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, before we go into the meat of the discussion here, tell us a little bit, tell us a, a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I was born in Los Angeles and I, uh, I grew up in the Westlake District, MacArthur Park, um, area in the 1980s, um, into the mid 1990s. And, um, I, w uh, after high school, I went to Pasadena City College. Um, PCC. PCC. And then um, in the mid-2000s, I transferred to Cal State Northridge. Um, I majored in uh, Chicano and Chicano Studies and uh, as an undergrad. And then for my master's, I also uh, majored in Chicano and Chicano Studies. Orale, pues! <laughs> yeah. All right. That's sounds awesome. good. Sounds good. And, you know, just to... Just to just to e just to ease in into the conversation, you know, for you know, for, for us and for our listeners, like you know, what where do you where do you like to watch? You know, popular culture, you know, anything like that. Well, I've been watching a lot of Twin Peaks and uh, and Dark Shadows. Arriba Dark Twin Shadows. Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> David Lynch. All right, all right, sounds good, sounds good. Cool. And not, right. not Johnny Depp. No offense to Johnny Depp. I'm talking about the the old school sixties. Dark Shadows. Yeah. <laughs> Barnabas Collins. All right, yeah. all right, all right. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, so 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 I mean, so before so as we go into into this in, into this discussion, I mean, can you can you go into like into like you know what 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 made you you know go go into your line of studies? Um, well, I I think like for me when I started uh, college, I didn't feel like I had a lot of mentorship or a lot of guidance. So I was kind of like, I felt like I was walking around with my eyes closed. And um, one day I was walking in the quad at PCC and I saw a flyer um, that was announcing a mentor meeting. And I just thought to myself, oh, you know, what would it hurt to go and, you know, check it out. And I, I like, um, I don't know, I found it interesting. I They were active, they were talking about different things. And I just started going after that. and. I was mem a member for uh, quite a while. <laughs> yeah. Get nice, get nice. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, cool. Cool. And um, so uh, 
in the master's program, uh, you had to complete a thesis in, in order to com uh, complete and finish the uh, program. And uh, to boot, you had uh, Rodolfo Acuna, the founder of uh, Chicano and Chicano Studies, on your thesis committee. Mm -hmm. um, could you share with us the, what the title of your master's thesis is? And uh, can you please give us uh, a synopsis of the work? Sure. Um, the, the title of my thesis was uh, Mecha, A Brief Southern California Chicana Chicano History, 1969 to 2010. And um, the, the thesis, um, it's supposed to be like an overview of the history of Mecha and its impact on uh, Chicana and Chicano students in Southern California from 1969 to 2010. Um, my thesis examined closely like the history of events of the, sorry, history of events that led to the formation of Mecha, how it developed with an analysis of its present standing today by looking at uh, one of Mecha's more recent documents called the Philosophy of Mecha. Mm. And um, the research is based on a historical textual analysis of documented accounts in Mecha's background, history, and philosophy um, in books. I use secondary sources as well as um, some of Mecha's documents, um, which are considered primary sources. And I also use some archival material from um, the Rodolfo uh, Acuña collection and the El Popo collection at Cal State Northridge. Um, I also used uh, some interviews. I um, interviewed two Mecha al alumni and uh, one Mecha alumnus and a current Mecha undergraduate for my, uh, for my study. Wow, that's what's it's up. So, it's so yeah, cool. that's fantastic. Thank you. All right. <laughs> so, can you tell us um, what was the reason why Metro was formed? Um, I think it's I my area of interest. Even though I studied Chicano Chicano studies, my area of interest was always history. So I always think it's important to to go back and and think about, um, for example, like I think a lot of people of color today to an extent take, well, not, not that they take for granted, but they perhaps may not be aware that um, there was a time when people of color could not go to school in this country. And um, just thinking of like the 60s, maybe back, um, there was a time when, um, you know, universities were primarily attended by, by students that were white. Um, you know, uh, people were there, you know, they're either farm workers or their janitors but they were you know they really weren't encouraged uh to go to school and um i think it was those type of conditions like i know like in the the high school um blots in east l.a um one of the issues was uh you know students were punished for speaking spanish and i i believe uh some students were even paddled um if some chicana chicano students were tardy i think they were assigned uh, janitorial duties and all these like things that um, mm. yeah they're not being treated the same as perhaps I don't know maybe some other white students so it was a lot of these conditions I think that um, you know the, the students decided to you know enough is enough in the 60s there were other movements that I'm sure inspired them like the, the Black Panthers the, the Young Lords um, there were other uh, Mexican-American organizations and they, they just decided that they would um, not only be active in the community, but they wanted to 
to have a focus in education and get more of the Chicana and Chicano students into the universities and uh, for the purpose of getting educated and helping, coming back to the community and help their the communities. Yeah. And each oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, uh, th that reminds me of uh, uh, when I interviewed Harry Gamboa Jr. for, for my thesis. Um, he talked about when he was in school that um, because he spoke in Spanish that the teacher uh, made him make a dunce hat and put him in a corner and uh, and had Harry wear the hat. That's awful. Yeah, and so those were the kind, yeah, uh, uh, as you stated with uh, your, your examples as well, the, right? Those those are the kind of conditions that we faced back then, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so talking about uh, the development of uh, Mecha, of uh, the 60s movement, um, I think we should uh, talk about uh, sexism during that time. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, would, you, would you please share with us about uh, what was going on then with uh, sexism and uh, uh, and then uh, Chicana feminism. Chicana feminism, okay. Um, well, the, I kind of have to go back a little bit to how uh, Mecha started. I would say um, some of how Mecha started was um, you have to kind of go back to the, the first National Youth Liberation Conference in um, Denver, Colorado. Uh, they, they had a, a conference and they, um, at the end of the conference, they developed a a document called El Plan Espiritual de Aslan that is considered one of Mecha's founding documents. But um, it it showed it was like um, like a response to like uh, you know discrimination. It was like a, a way of empowering yourself. It it includes a poem. It it kind of provides an outline of uh, taking um, action and how to do things. But at the same time, uh, regarding sexism, um, if you look at the language of, of the document, it's not really inclusive. Uh, it doesn't include like, you know, the acknowledgement of mujeres. And um, through some of my research, um, I, I found that, um, that uh, there was a committee where uh, women were supposed to uh, gather at that conference and come up with, I guess, issues that were affecting them. But unfortunately, the spokeswoman uh, that um, reported for the group, uh, they actually stated that they did not want to be liberated. Mm. And some people think that um, they probably did not feel like they were in a safe space to perhaps say what they were really, you know, feeling. feeling. And um, that that's one example of, uh, I guess, um, sexism. Um, in the 1960s uh, during the Chicana Chicano movement. Another example, um, part of my research for my thesis, um, I went to the, the state, uh, statewide uh, Mecha celebrating 40 years. I mean, now it's 50, but I went um, back then in 2009 and somebody that was actually, at, um, oh, sorry, I have to go back. The, there was a, so the following uh, month after uh, the March conference, the, the National Youth Liberation Conference, there was another conference in California um, at UC Santa Barbara. And that's where they had, an, uh, it was organized by the Chicano Coordinating Council on Higher Education. And um, they also had a conferencing and they had workshops. 
And um, two important things came out of that, uh, that meeting. Um, first, they developed a plan of uh, education and, uh, and action, which is called um, El Plan de Santa Barbara. And the second important thing is where they decided um, all these uh, organi community organizations and Mexican-American organizations decided to form under one name, which was uh, Mecha, mm -hmm. Movimiento Estudiantil. Uh, I think for the purpose of history, like a historical context, it would probably be Chicano de Aslan. But now we're, we're trying to be more, uh, since, you know, after that, we've been trying to be more inclusive. Um, uh, well, anyway, I'm getting on a huge tangent, but um, <laughs> Dr. Mariana Marin was one of the participants at the panel. And um, she remembers saying that um, most of the women in the typing pools where the original Epan um, Santa Barbara editions were typed out. Um, as there were no uh, word processors yet. So most, like the document that, that you see circulated around, it's got a, like a very old school, like very 60s. They were all typed on word processors and it was mostly women. Mm. Um, she, also, she also mentioned that 12% um, of the women were actually on the steering committee. But I think when people think about this topic and they research this topic, people tend to think of, uh, you know, just being men on the, on the steering committee. Those are uh, two examples of uh, sexism. Mm. Wow. Y cosas no cambian. A veces se queda ya con tanto tiempo esperando. And uh, uh, maybe can you also share about uh, Las Hijas de Guatemala? I believe you touched on them in your thesis. Uh, yeah. There was a chapter, I think, originally, I think it was a committee. Um, that was part of Mecha, and they named themselves Hijas de Cuauhtémoc. I think that that was to honor um, uh, a more uh, older, I don't want to say older version, but like during the Mexican Revolution, there was also an activist group of women called Hijas de Cuauhtémoc, and they named themselves in the 60s in honor of them. Um, but um, this was at Cal State Long Beach, mm. or sorry, what would it be called back then? What would, it, what would now be considered Cal State Long Beach? And um, uh, it, it got to the point where I guess um, the women were kind of being encouraged to remain silent. Um, uh, they, uh, so, but it got to the point where they just decided that they're going to form their own organization. And I think there was an incident where um, there's a, a Chicana, um, Chicana, Chicano Studies um, author. Um, her name is Maylee Blackwell. And uh, she, she writes about... Um, how like uh, like it, the men were like so upset about them like kind of separating from that Mecha chapter at the time that they they made like a mock bur uh, funeral they made coffins and no. I think they even made um uh, I think headstones with women's names on it to make their you know there's a dissatisfaction known yeah there was even a, a quote unquote Mecha priest and <laughs> yeah that was a uh, that must have been interesting to have observed. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Intense. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, wow. I'm like, I'm like just thinking about it. Also, I mean, can you, can you share with us Amecha's inclusion of mujeres um, that, are, that are non Mexicans, also mujeres of the, uh, the LGBTIQ uh, community, um, and in your experiences in the PCC? Uh, sure. Uh, I in some of my research, um, 
I, I wrote about uh, a mujer because I think uh, kind of addressing what's happening right now, there have been some statements by some of the current membership that um, Mecha is against um, not, not including people that are like if you're of a mixed background, you're not in, uh, you wouldn't be included, but that couldn't be farther from the truth because in my research and my thesis, um, there's a book called Brown-Eyed Children of the Sun by um, Jorge Mariscal, and it's documented where there's a mujer named um, Catarina uh, Valle, Davis del Valle, excuse me, mm -hmm. and um, her, her mom was from Veracruz, and her dad, um, he, he's African-American, and she was very vocal um, in, in the Chicana, Chicano community and African-American community and other um, organizations. Um, speaking for myself, uh, when I was at PCC, uh, I was uh, very fortunate that I, I felt like our chapter was very inclusive because uh, there was even a committee dedicated to Central American, South American issues, but mm. we didn't necessarily limit it to that. I mean, it, it could have been people of the Caribbean or um, the, I've, you know, I've had, uh, I, I remember uh, there were machistas, I think, one semester he was from Panama and you know he mm. um, there there was um, another machista from Guatemala Bolivia um, one friend um, he's like Canadian and Cuban so um, diversity. yeah I was very diverse I think I was uh, very blessed to be um, in a I think we were in that way we were more uh, open-minded but I think other chapters are it's just there may i'm not gonna say that there aren't people who may be narrow-minded but i think that's more few it's more it's more smaller than what um i just feel like people are making blanket statements yes and they're not yeah. they're yeah. not talking to other machistas um i don't i think there's like a, a severe disconnect between mecha alumni and uh current membership and it's just like we're not talking to each other and I include myself too I'm not above uh, criticism um, but I think that's what's happening and I just think we we need to talk more about it in yeah. a constructive way yeah because I remember when I was a Metro uh, member over at Ventura College um, um, our president was white she was a white mujer okay she was a white mujer um, we also had a Vice President, who was a mujer from, uh, who was a mujer from uh, she, she was from Lebanon. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So, so then, Lebanon. Wow. Yeah, and then like all the other all the other members, um, there was the majority of them uh, they were mujeres too. Awesome. So so that was my experience, you know, yeah. and, and so and so when I hear these blanket statements, I was like, hey, you know, like, hey, that's not everybody. No, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I think yeah, three of us here uh, have been in Mecha, and. Uh, I remember uh, in, in the early days of uh, my experience in Mecha at CSUN uh, uh, that uh, uh, I knew I knew some members that were like part Salvadorian and part Mexican mm -hmm. and uh, you know uh, they identified themselves as Chicana or Chicano mm -hmm. so you know uh, yeah I think I think it's very layered I think it's very complex uh, and um, and uh, yeah, just it's you can't uh, narrow it down to like you know uh, just one you know one ethnicity. Uh, Mecha, in, from my experience, Mecha has never been 
Mexican centric. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, we even had. I remember we even had uh, 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 this Jewish kid in our chapter at CSUN. Yeah, mm -hmm. Eric, and uh, so he was awesome. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely, and uh, uh, so it's it's. I think it's much more yeah complex than uh, uh, contemporary. Certain circles, certain contemporary circles are, are, are making it out to be, right? right? So we're going to go into that in, in just a moment. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add to what, uh, you're, what you're saying, Monica? Um, well, I mean, just diff different, I'm just mentioning different um, people of different backgrounds. Um, there was another machista. Um, and she grew up in the Efe, but she's, you know, of Japanese descent. She was also a machista. Um, and uh, there, there are two mujeres, like when I started, uh, I really, really look up to them. Um, one was Guatemalteca. I'm sorry, I should be, they haven't passed away. Um, <laughs> I should be speaking in present tense, excuse me. Um, Juan Salvadoreña, and they did some of the best organizing, and I, I still look up to them to this day. Um, yeah, they were like uh, great leadership, and I never thought for a second that they were any less of a machista just because they weren't of Mexican descent. And you know, I'm I'm proud to have known them and, and worked next to them. Right on, right on. And um, this year, West Point had the largest Raza and Mujer uh, graduates. West Point is a military uh, school, mm -hmm. and uh, it. It was highlighted, uh, this information was highlighted on the state's uh, uh, so-called Memori Memorial Day holiday um, as, it's, if it's, as if it were a, a great accomplishment. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and this is what's, as you know, we're, we're hearing uh, from uh, wartime planner channels that um, there's a possibility that the U.S. might get into conflict with uh, Iran and what are your thoughts on this and how did you address this area in your thesis? Um, I, I don't see it as a, a good thing. Um, I think uh, pe people of color should try to go to school more versus uh, just participating in wars that are um, Frankly, right now, I think they're being used to distract because the you know the president uh, is is facing uh, impeachment, and I think he's, he's trying to you know <laughs> divert our attention. And I don't think um, you know Raza women or Chicanas should be um, should be pushed. I don't think men or you know either gender or people who don't identify with gender. I don't think anybody should be going to the war to be fighting other people's agendas, especially when, when Congress, yeah. most of their, their kids are going to school. If, if school is good enough for them, why can't it be good enough for us, you know? Oh, war is terrible. You should take the leaders and let them kick each other's ass and whoever wins, well, we'll see, but all war is bad. Yeah, I, I agree. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, you meant, uh, also in your thesis, you talk about uh, the uh, anti, Vietnam War movement, um, and you mentioned uh, about recruitment then and now. Um, maybe you could uh, speak a little on that, on how how that's uh, you know uh, been uh, an issue in our community. 
-hmm. with uh, recruitment, ROTC on campus. Um, I remember when I first started going to CSUN, that was a big thing. Uh, I, I believe Mecha and other student orgs were, uh, were uh, you know, um, were against uh, the R ROTC uh, uh, presence on campus. Mm -hmm. um, I remember uh, when uh, the, U the U.S. Uh, invaded uh, Iraq and then Afghanistan and, uh, and uh, how things are post 9-11. Um, I, I don't mean to get, uh, go on a tangent, but I was just wondering about your, your thoughts on that. Um, I mean, I, I think, uh, I mean, there was a, an organization in the 1960s. I, I believe they're still active, the National Chicano Moratorium Committee. Yes. Um, I think they, they had one of the largest protests. Um, oh gosh, the, the years, I, I know it's 1960. The, the years kind of escaping me, sorry. That's okay. I, I don't want to say the year and I'm not no sure. Problem, no problem. No, that's all right. Uh, the moratorium, I believe, was in 70? 70? Okay, 1970. And um, they organized one of the, the largest um, anti-war uh, movements uh, during during that time. Well, at least in, uh, yeah, I think I would say in the country, right? The numbers yeah. were, were huge. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think uh, that... And it was grassroots. Um, that that wasn't an organization that was necessarily attached to the academy, but um, they worked with other organizations like the Brown Berets. Um, and um, I think, uh, yeah, because uh, you know Chicano men were being drafted into the war, and they're the first ones that are being put in the front lines. And um, and now, like I mean, they're they're recruiting men and women because you know soldiers keep dying if they they come back at all yeah um they have war hysteria and, and psychological problems um there i i believe um like chicanas and chicanos are probably still one of the largest populations that are recruiting uh get sorry getting recruited into the you know into the, the army forces. armed forces today yeah no yeah absolutely and uh the suicide rate is it's insane, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just wanted to bring this up on this so-called uh, Memorial Day holiday. Uh, the reality, realities of war and uh, where we do not wear uh, rose-tinted glasses, uh, you know, um, patronize, you know, falling into the whole propaganda of uh, pa uh, patriotism and so forth. Um, now, uh, I guess... Just to set things up, uh, I'd like to talk about the recent events that occurred at the at the uh, 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 national conference, uh, the Metro National Conference held at UCLA. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, in my opinion, uh, I feel that the uh, uh, what's uh, the the whole cr crisis and debacle about changing the the, the uh, Metro organization's name. Uh, is is uh, extremely problematic, uh, and uh, with you know so this is a, a a referendum that they did at the uh, national conference, and I feel that Mecha's referendum uh, is a possible case study of uh, infiltration on the 50th anniversary of Chicana and Chicano studies. 
and uh, Mecha uh, at the uh, 2019 National Conference held at UCLA. And over, you know, I say that because over the the past 50 years, Mecha recognized that identifying as a Chicana or Chicano is a decision that a person must make on their own, which comes from uh, personal and gradual development. But now that's being threatened right. with what's what's going on. Um, the organization Union del Barrio provided security for the conference, and according to their in-depth report. Uh, which can be found at uniondelbarrio.org. All the facilitators that identified themselves as uh, Chicana, Chicano, Chicanex were removed and replaced uh, during the last day of the uh, conference. And the chapters from the Pacific Northwest immediately prohibited video recording uh, during these uh, the last hours of the conference. Uh, they, I believe, that they did not want evidence to show how things played out, how, how, how things came to be with this uh, referendum. The discussion on the position opposing uh, capitalism as an economic system and the crisis in Venezuela were tabled and were never followed through. Uh, some of the ridiculous statements that were made included uh, quote, we are not prepared to talk about capitalism, end quote. Uh, how can we be against capitalism when you all at UCLA charged us to come to this conference or when we all paid money to be here and we had to pay for the food at this conference, end quote. And, uh, quote, how can we be against capitalism when all of us benefit from capitalism, end quote. So that, that was the, the, <laughs> the, the rationale the rationale that was going on at the uh, conference, right? And um, that's when the Mecha name change was abruptly introduced and pushed above all the other issues during the, their re resolution circle. Um, the intention to remove Chicanex de Aslan from uh, Mecha and embrace the fashionable or trendy term Latinx uh, was very explicit and although 29 chapters voted to change the Mecha name uh, sad to say but our uh, uh, you know alumni uh, uh, our alma mater CSUN I should say mm -hmm. was included in one of the 29 chapters to vote to ch change the name uh, of Mecha um, so although there's 29 chapters that voted to change it uh, there are hundreds right hundreds of Mecha chapters that did not participate because uh, either they do not have the voting power or, or do not have the monetary means to travel to Los Angeles for the conference. So this is a very skewed uh, vote, right? Right. And um, so, yeah, so I just wanted to, to set that up so we can uh, discuss uh, more about what happened at the conference. Um, and... Uh, uh, what what are your th oh gosh let me see um, what are your real quick what are your thoughts on on what happened at the conference um I mean from what we we know uh, uh, I, I think there wasn't a like a balanced representation of what the the whole general body excuse me what the whole general body might um, be feeling because I know that there were chapters that they just 
they could not afford to go, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're in agreement with the majority vote. Yeah. And I think their input is being left out. And um, yeah, I think the there has to be more more discussion and communication. But it just sounds like it was a, a vote that was rushed. And um, it I don't know. I, I get this feeling like it's this is the opinion of, of a few individuals that's being imposed on an entire organization. Um, there was definitely no input um, asking. Um, Mecha alumni, or at least getting a more uh, thorough, uh, asking you know uh, different Mecha alumni to uh, to ask and see what what they thought. Not that it's up to them, but it, it you know uh, some people have said that um, though it, the organization is is theirs, they are the students. Um, it it also um, you know to a lot of us it's it's dear to our hearts, and uh, it it would be good to have that communication, but there. I also acknowledge there is a, a, a disconnect between um, alumni and uh, and the current membership, but however, um, th there needs to be more communication. I think that's what's uh, that's causing a lot of uh, issue mm -hmm. and and more um, uh, more studying of like the historical documents because I think some of the the current uh, members are not necessarily familiar with it, so. They, they might be making assessments without having all the information, um, but I, that's the feeling I'm, I'm getting that that's how they arrived to this abrupt decision. Okay. Wow. Alrighty, well, Esteban, um, what, um, what's the impact that, uh, that, you, that you feel that, um, sorry, Esteban, what is the impact that you, um, Esteban, Esteban, what, Esteban, 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 what impact do you feel that uh, Chicana and Chicana Studies um, um, is is currently um, experiencing, or could have, or, or could potentially uh, face with the attempt to change the political identity of Mecha from a uh, from, uh, from a Chicanx uh, student organization to that of a so-called uh, Latin organization? Um, I think if if they they change the name, I, I suppose they could. But they also, the, the current membership has to understand that this organization has been around for 50 years now. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's an establishment there at certain campuses and universities. So um, perhaps you changed your name, but you're not necessarily gonna um, have everybody, you know, they're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to go to them and they're gonna have open arms. Um, so I think it's gonna, cause friction um i think some members have mentioned that there uh, there's probably going to be issues with getting your charter um getting funding because those i think those uh previous budgets uh whatever they may be those were allocated because in the eyes of the school and the perhaps the departments they're seeing it as a new organization and as far as i'm concerned is if you do drop Chicana, uh, Chicano, Chicanex, and Aslan. To me, like the organization is not the same. It's you're starting a new one. Yeah. But that's you know, it's my opinion. Yeah, th they're saying that uh, th those that are proponents of the name change uh, uh, keep saying that they're trying to be inclusive, but I think it's just the opposite. And th there's, they, they say that we want to, uh, th that, that Mecha has 
long uh, participated in the erasure of Central American participation. But I think that's that's wrong. Uh, we've had Central Americans in our chapters. Um, I think that uh, we've also worked closely with other uh, orgs like GAUSA, which is uh, Central American based. Uh, and um, saying that they're trying to be inclusive by eliminating the words uh, Chicana or Chicano and Chicanex from Mecha is, uh, it does not seem to be as being inclusive. I think it's, it's trying to uh, actually erase uh, the origins of this organization and our radical roots. And I think that, uh, and, you know, this, and this is El Profe, I think that we, that if those that have this idea of changing the Mecha name should just start their own organization, mm -hmm. you know? And I do see that, uh, you know, um, that uh, it's gonna be very problematic. As, as, as you just stated. So um, that's, that's, that's what I th think, and you know, that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. So. Of course, I mean, for me, when I, when I first came across, when I, when I first read about the issue that was happening, to me, I just took it as a takeover, mm -hmm. you know? Um, the, the direction that they were uh, uh, taking it in, to me, sounded very, very liberal. Uh, it was going into a very liberal, liberal direction, and I think it's just just an erasure of history. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I can go on and on about um, uh, their statements about inclusivity because I, I, I was reading what they were what, what, the, what they were discussing. Mm -hmm. So, so for me, it's just it's just very, very sad and very idiotic. I think uh, I think that you know a lot of these uh, you know kids. I mean, I'm gonna say, I mean, I'm not I'm not that much older, but. A lot of these uh, people. You just look older. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thankfully, um, I'm not as old as you. <laughs> ouch! Ouch! Hey, pero yo soy el más viejo. <laughs> but we're, we're not ageist here. We're just we're just uh, metasources. <laughs> um, um, I forgot. I forgot. Uh, I forgot my thought. <laughs> no, but um, you know, I just I just saw it at the takeover and their recent history. It's very highly questionable as to why this is happening, right? Um, and so, um, and so, you know, I was just, I'm just, I just sit here and just, just try to decipher what's being talked about and see where where the direction's going. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Wow, this is very insightful. Uh, I'm so, I'm so uh, happy that that we have uh, you, Monica Valenzuela, as, as part of the, uh, part of this oh, discussion. Thank you. And uh, we're gonna take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're gonna talk about how this is not the first time that Mecha has experienced uh, internal conflict. And Monica will uh, give us uh, an example of a very big uh, historical event in the past and how they dealt with that. So, uh, Alrighty, well, I guess with that, uh, we shall uh, take a little break, come back with uh, part two let's talk about. Uh, here with Monica Lanzuela and myself, Kid Palsy. El Profe and... Ahorita regresamos con todos y el Cholo Viejo de Oxnard 805. Oh, right. oh! All right, y'all. Echa la cookie. Online, you can email us at tsbf.exile 
podcast network at gmail.com. Make sure to include Ike on the subject line. You can find us on Instagram at Ike Podcast and click on the link in our bio for our latest podcast episode. Don't be a leva. Send us a DM. A la brava. And please use the hashtag Ask Ike with your questions on social media. Tell them your carnal El Cholo Viejo from Oxnard 805 sent you. Back here on the EK Podcast, episode 008, with the part two of the Let's Talk About segment with myself, Kit Palsy. El Profe. And El Cholo Viejo. Yes, yes. And uh, let's not forget our very important and special guest here for this episode, Monica Valenzuela. Hello, hello. Yeah. Yes, yes. And you know, we're back here. We're chilling. It's the, it's the, you know, Monica was talking about uh, Mets and Nationals, you know, UCLA. Um... And I just want to like give a shout out to my little brother Jerry, Jerry Hernandez. Jerry, he is a current member of the of VC Mancha, Ventura College Mancha, um, and they were actually there at the Mancha uh, National Conference over at UCLA. Um, and um, you know, I was I was I, I was talking to him about his experiences and what he saw and stuff like that, you know. And I and I had asked him, I was like, hey, uh, did you guys vote? You know, and he's like, and he's like, no, well, um, no, because. Um, we don't have, we don't have voting rights, and so then I asked him I'm like, hey, if you if you could have voted, how would you have voted? And he's like, well, me personally, I would have voted against it, you know, mm. um, you know. So so you know, as as his older brother, you know, I was very happy. I was very happy because uh, because uh, I guess you could say that that I, I that, that I haven't been uh, that that I wasn't that, that much of a negative influence. You know? <laughs> Not that <laughs> much. Yeah, yeah. For that subject, anyway. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so I was very happy to hear that. You know, um, nice. and just to know that he's you know getting politically involved. So that was good. That yeah, was, that, that was good as because you know I was I wasn't aware that I was being that much of an influence on him. You know, so mm. so that was pretty cool. Nice. Okay, yeah. Nice. Good brother, good brother. No, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, and uh, another thing is that um, uh, when we're talking about the, the Nationals Conference and uh, with what happened, I think that um, uh, the proponents for the name change seem to argue that Mecha hasn't evolved in the past 50 years when in fact it, it has. And uh, I think uh, by examining the papeles that have been revised over the years, uh, the Mecha papers, uh, the way they've changed, uh, shows that it's it's documented. And uh, uh, Kid Palsy, if you want to uh, go into the next question, I think that uh, we'll go more into that. Oh, for sure. Oh, all right, well, okay. So when the Mecha, uh, so, as the, as the, so when were Mecha's papers revised, uh, you know, um, over the years, and then can you please go into personal accounts of the of the revisal of 1989? Sure, um, but just going back uh, really quickly, uh, just to reiterate, um, Mecha's, some of Mecha's founding documents are um, El Plan Espiritual de Aslan, El Plan de Santa Barbara, and um, during the 1970s, there, um, there was a Chicano organization um, 
It's called La, La Raza Unida Party. Um, it had a committee uh, that it, it was sorry. It was the Labor Committee of La Raza Unida Party, which was named um, the League of Revolutionary Struggle. Um, that's when it formed. Uh, but event it, and uh, sorry, LRS uh, for short uh, was uh, Marxist, Leninist, and Mao. And uh, LRS was called uh, Liga by Machistas, and um, LRS only wanted to focus on uh, class issues, ignoring history and culture. Um, LRS would encourage the, the Mecha membership to leave uh, and join, uh, and join uh, Liga. So Mecha chapters responded quickly to LRS's attacks, such as, um, such as UCR, by writing a, a set of documents called Mecha Position Papers in 1986. And, uh, those documents were revised throughout the years. So, like from uh, initially, they were called uh, the position papers, and they were written in 1986, and then revised in 1989, 1992, 1996, and then finally into 1999. And that is when it uh, it it went from uh, being called the Mecha's papers to the philosophy of Mecha. And uh, that final re revisement was on, on May 22nd, 1999 at Phoenix Community College. Um, and uh, um, I was actually, I, I was there, at, it, was, it was at a nationals and there was, um, there was some disagreement within the, the, the general body. Some people didn't want uh, the, in the inclusion of, uh, to, to uh, write into the, the documents of, um, you know, including the LGBTIQ community, um, Chicanas and Chicanos that are not of Mexican descent. Um, and uh, so there was disagreement, but uh, we were fortunate enough to get enough votes. And uh, this is just like a personal anecdote. Um, like uh, our our region and our, our state started to clap. Some people got upset. They told us to stop clapping. So uh, our, our state and our, our, our um, the southern region just kind of started like uh, we were happy because it passed, so we just kind of started to do like jazz hands because they told us not to clap, so so we didn't clap. <laughs> jazz um, hands in the yeah, air. Yeah, we were doing jazz hands because we were so happy because we, you know, we're trying to be more inclusive and yeah. Um, unfortunately, some people didn't feel that way, but the good thing is that it passed and um, yeah, like uh, El Profe was saying, it's you know, it, it I think. All these years of, of revision, uh, it, it's proof that, you know, it was called Mecha's Position Papers. And I think at that time it might have just said Chicano and then it went to Chicano Chicana. And now it's including Chicanex. So I think there there is like evidence that it, it has evolved. So, yeah. so I don't understand why. Um, I mean, it could be that maybe they're not familiar with those documents and they need to be shared more and talked about more, but um, it's, I mean, I think it's there. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, LRS. Uh, that, uh, uh, we'll go into that in just a moment, but, uh, um, and then uh, we just discussed about this, uh, why they, there's this, uh, false sense or a false picture uh, that the issues of sexism, homophobia, and so forth are new or have never been dealt with mm -hmm. uh, by any uh, previous generations of machistas over the, the past 50 years. And um, uh, I mean, uh, do you think it's just that they need more experience organizing? 
I mean, I think so because I mean, so, some of the like uh, the positions that they're I don't know. It, it feels like I don't know if they've talked to machista. It's good to talk to machistas of other campuses, talk to machistas of other states, and get their perspective. Um, organize more events. Talk to different people. I mean, it just feels like I don't know some of uh, the membership that is in favor of of removing, uh, you know, Chicana and Chicano and, and Aslander. It seems like they're drawing uh, a lot of their their assessments from like a few academic books, and you know, I mean, we I, I did go to school. We a lot of us went to school, but. Um, it, there also has to be a balance like you have to have uh, that experience of community organizing like um, yes it's important to be in the university but like also go out to your community and talk to people of the community um, don't just you know stay in a bubble absolutely and um, there's that article uh, a very very academic article that was written on uh, the concept of Aslan, mm -hmm. and it, it pretty much did a, a negative uh, interpretation, mm -hmm. a very narrow and negative interpretation about Aslan. And uh, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. sorry. Go no, ahead. go ahead. Um, well, I think, uh, again, um, it seems like it was kind of like a like some kind of declaration about how, I don't know, Chicanas and Chicanos are taking land that doesn't belong to them. And I, I don't think that's what uh, machistas are trying to do. Um, I mean, I think a lot of us acknowledge that, you know, we're on Northern Native land, but this concept of, of us land, it's... Uh, it's such a big philosophical question, mm -hmm. um, but some people think it's geographical. Some uh, there might be people that feel that you know uh, this is uh, their land, but you know it's 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 not. And I I feel like they're I don't know they're almost framing it like um, like some Mecha alumni are just not we're not enlightened, we've never given it any thought, like we're trying to, uh, I don't know, like they're almost framing us like we would be like the colonizers and that's like, that's very hurtful and very painful. Yeah, um, yeah they, they, uh, the author tried to give the argument that uh, the concept of Aslan is like uh, the Zionist uh, colonizing uh, the Palestinians, mm -hmm. so they're essentially calling, a, calling us uh, colonizers, right? Which is so inaccurate and so ridiculous, right? And okay. and, and unfortunately, uh, a lot of the machistas at nationals uh, who were proponents for the name change uh, used this academic paper uh, as as evidence of their or, or to support their argument. Um, but continue. Oh, no, yeah, just to add to that, like, again, like, for that piece that the, that person wrote, they never consulted uh, a Mecha alumni. I mean, if they did, it wasn't evident in their, uh, their writing. Mm -hmm. and, and, like, there's, like, a quote that kind of stood out to me. Okay. And it seems kind of unclear to me. Um, and this is, uh, he says, and I quote, 
It is true that since its inception, Mecha has established that Chicanex is grounded in a philosophy, not a nationality. And that's supposed to be from the philosophy um, of Mecha and that it does not exclude anyone. But I'm confused because the author said um, since its inception, is the author talking about the inception of the philosophy of Mecha or is he talking about the inception of Mecha as an organization? Or is he talking about the movie Inception? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's possible. Whoa. It's possible. <laughs> so um, that 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 was unclear to me. Um, if by any chance he's thinking that uh, the philosophy of Mecha was around in uh, 1969, it wasn't. This was just a, a, a gradual evolvement of, um, so that I'm just trying to illustrate the point that I think um, there might be a lack of historical textual analysis of Mecha documents. Um, I, I didn't see uh, I didn't see that in his writing. I, I saw him uh, citing other academic authors, um, and you know, to having more uh, well-rounded analysis, I, I just felt like it was one-sided, and I think. Um, there was a disconnect of like the historical documents, like um, they're, they're not being discussed or disseminated. Mm. Uh, and yeah, yeah, there was no uh, consulting or expressing, uh, you know, contrary opinions. So that that kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe that's kind of like um, an illustration of, I guess maybe that's why some people are seeing it as, um, I don't know, that we're supposedly exclusionary but i just think they need to read more of uh, Mecha's historical documents i agree and uh in conjunction to this uh there was a an npr uh program an episode entitled the uh, latino usa the breakdown battle over mecha uh that was aired uh, and in this episode they basically expunged from discussion the radical tradition and history of Mecha by giving an overwhelming amount of airtime to the conservative academic uh, Aaron E. Sanchez, uh, along with the current and problematic national Mecha co-chair uh, of Asian Peruvian descent, uh, who's a student uh, from UC Davis, uh, while uh, at the same time heavily uh, redacting Dr. Irene Sanchez's uh, interview who opposes the possible detrimental uh, changes being made to Mecha. Uh, Union del Barrio has confirmed that this uh, new co-chair has a history of declaring their support for U.S. military intervention in Venezuela. And um, Aaron E. Sanchez gave a I would say a standard coverage on the origins of Mecha and he failed to speak on or is unaware uh, about Mecha's evolution in the area of sexism and uh, because of that it seems that like he tried to give the national co-chairs the v validity to make uh, the changes uh, to Mecha uh, that are currently uh, being uh, you know uh, talked about uh, there's also the unmentional, uh, the unmentioned fact that unlike frats and sororities, uh, Mecha has never separated the sexes. Absolutely. So. But nobody says nothing to them. 
Right. It's okay for them to be uh, exclusionary by gender, but Mecha gets accused of sexism. You, and uh, Monica, you just listened to the. Uh, you recently listened to the program, and uh, could you do you want? Could you share with us your thoughts on it? Um, you know, your input would be uh, greatly appreciated. Sure. Um, so, like, I, I listened to it, and um, they were discussing about like the situation uh, about what happened at. Um, the National Mecha Conference this year, and um, the 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 host, and I would say the I, I believe the national chair was was there the the mujer, mm -hmm. and um, I think they began the show by reading some tweets that were um, you know they they were considered somewhat uh, offensive. I guess there were people that were kind of like mocking people that were like uh, Mecha alumni or they're older generations um i think one of the tweets said they they called us chicano sources to denote and when they read that yeah um they both had this like they were just like laughing like it wasn't serious right they laughed um i mean maybe it's funny to them but it's so dismissive to people who who find a lot of meaning and identifying that way and just like they wouldn't want anybody to tell them how to identify themselves i think they um, they should also reciprocate that um, that cur courtesy, yeah. and I just thought that was unprofessional. Of um, you know the, I, I could understand maybe a little bit the the host being uh, m more um, uh, uninformed, and maybe that's you know it was out of ignorance. But you would think uh, a national mecha chair would be conducting herself in a more professional, uh, more professional way, and. Um, I, I also like to uh, point out that um, this uh, NPR only seems to cover things that are considered sensational or negative. I don't see um, right. I don't see them covering like uh, Mecha the UCLA's high school conference right. uh, or things that uh, are positive. They only seem to just gravitate for I don't know. Uh, it wouldn't be ratings on the radio, but, but I don't know how that works. <laughs> Yeah, in more in more honest days, uh, this would be called uh, yellow journalism. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, just like the National Enquirer, mm -hmm. right? And um, a lot of uh, press likes to do things like that, uh, uh, particularly uh, the, the status quo corporate uh, media. So uh, yes, uh, if, if you haven't noticed, folks, um, uh, things like NPR only. Uh, uh, you know, discuss Mecha when there's uh, there's something going on in a, in a negative light. Mm -hmm. So um, never when things are going uh, well for Mecha. Go ahead, keep Alrighty, um, este, you know, Monica, um, can you share with us an example of Mecha being infiltrated um, in the past? Uh, sure. But yeah, you, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, uh, Liga, but I don't know, maybe if you want to uh, go more into it. I mean, um, uh, I know that, um, uh, yeah, that's what, I mean, like, uh, as a case example, um, you know, Mecha has dealt with a lot of uh, situations where uh, there has been... Um, Internal disruptions. Uh, Berkeley, Cal State Berkeley had two. At one point, had two Mecha chapters. Oh, that's right. On their Ooh. campus, oh. right? Uh, UC Santa Barbara 
uh, has always uh, recognized El Congreso as being a Mecha chapter. And at some point, some somebody who uh, didn't have their head on right uh, started an, a, a Mecha chapter uh, on campus, which became very problematic right. uh, because El Congreso was already there and they were doing the work and they they are recognized as being uh, a, a Mecha chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and now we're dealing with uh, problems at the national level, which we've been discussing. And a lot of uh, people don't know that in the late 70s into the 80s, uh, Mecha was being infiltrated by a, a group nicknamed Liga. Mm-hmm. Um, you did bring it up, but uh, maybe you could uh, go over go over the the, the major points on on uh, Liga's uh, uh, impact on Mecha in in the late seventies uh, into eighties. Sure. Monica. Um. I yes. I wanted to. I w- there was a, an example. Shoot, I'm, I'm looking for the word. Uh, um, which, which example? Or? Um, it was an example like of, of Liga. They were infiltrated. Uh, sorry, they were infiltrating like the. Ah, here it is. Sorry for the. Um. Um, like there, there's an example that's more detailed that I put in my thesis um, in 1985 during the fall semester the LRS offered to accommodate a statewide conference at California State University Northridge and mm. which all of the workshops did not have a Chicana Chicano Nationalist Foundation many of the participants felt conflicted as some were nationalists during that semester in December of 1985 another conference at the regional level was hosted by the California State University Fullerton and University of California Irvine Mechas. All of the speakers and workshops had been decided upon and approved. Right before the conference, the LRS changed the workshops. In 1986, at a national conference hosted by Mecha at the University of California, Berkeley, the LRS became the conference itself. La Liga targeted chapters that were nationalist in orientation. Mecha nationalists were strategically housed farther from the conference than non-nationalist chapters. Colorado was housed 15 miles away. Texas was placed 30 miles apart. And according um, the one of the authors that I used for my uh, thesis, Roberto Tijerina Cantu, uh, he said that the delegation from Southern California was put in a basement of a gym with no heater and no lights. That's uh, an example of... Um, how they uh, took over conferences and uh, wow. took over, uh, yeah, the, the membership, and they just changed everything without any voting process, any, um, you know, they pretty much uh, skip protocol and consideration, pretty much. See, now that's that's what uh, I think the kids would call sketch these days. <laughs> <laughs> very sketch or um, or very scandalous. <laughs> yeah. Shady, uh, shady. Oh, yeah, or very shady. <laughs> and, uh, putting it over on, putting it on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> putting it on Instagram, uh, throwing shade. Uh, I'm trying to come up with all these other terms. And then uh, becoming, and then becoming a meme. 
a meme. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't do we don't we don't reduce uh, things to memes here, but we we like the occasional meme, but uh, we don't rely on memes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, wow, we're we're covering some some serious stuff. Uh, but this this is great. Uh, we, these are things we really have to talk about, um, and so forth. Uh, now here's here's another question regarding this this new uh, uh, this new uh, Mecha uh, national uh, well I guess the the in regards to the co-chairs um, a message from uh, Mecha's national board why we decided to change the name of our movimiento was released on the Remescla website as opposed to regular Mecha channels. Uh, Monica, why, why do you think that that is? Um, I think it it gives an indication of uh, the like where the Mecha, um, the the national Mecha chairs, and the uh, national organization is at. I feel like um, it doesn't sound. It doesn't. I don't get the feeling that they're on the the best uh, terms because I mean. You would naturally think that if it's revolving some uh, content about Mecha Nationals, they would put it on an official Mecha National webpage, not on a, like a media outlet like Remezcla. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, maybe I'm skip, speculating, maybe there's a friend there they're good with, or I don't know, for some reason. That, that seemed odd to me, because I would think that they would put it on a, a national Mecha webpage. Yeah. Um, I found that very, um, I don't know, uh, confusing and yeah. uh, I don't know, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a very suspicious and, um, and I think uh, it just, it, just uh, it's, it reflects on uh, where, where we are uh, when it comes to uh, Mecha. And I, and I would say it would include us because even though we've graduated and we're uh, alumni, uh, you know, uh, Mecha is, is uh, close to uh, uh, and dear to us, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. and uh, you know we we learned we've learned a lot so much through Mecha. Um, and uh, we've talked about like you know all of the all of these things are going on right uh, the tumultuous elements uh, revolving around uh, Mecha today, um, but there have been some positive things that are coming out of this right. Uh, uh, we have uh, a match of the UCLA writing an, an incredible uh, paper. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was fantastic. I was so impressed. Yeah, a great statement on Aslan and the affirmation of indigenous land. Um, and uh, Monica, if you want to give your feedback on, on, on their paper, maybe. Um, yeah, the uh, match of the UCLA. Um, not too much after um, all this disagreement and uh, voting took took place. Um, uh, they they wrote like a, an official statement. Um, uh, they were explaining like their side of, of, of things because originally um, it was supposed to be another chapter in another state that was supposed to host nationals. Um, for whatever reasons, like uh, halfway into the year, the, the first chapter said they could not uh, do it. So UCLA, um, you know, volunteered to, um, 
to uh, pick up the, I don't want to say slack, but to um, make sure nationals happened. Yeah. Um, with less time and very limited funds, they were able to uh, organize from, from what it seems like a very uh, organized and uh, per, uh, as productive as possible uh, conference on, on very short notice. And um, they wrote their uh, position about um, things that had uh, been occurring during the organization process. They felt um, attacked at times by certain individuals. Um, they kept trying to um, bring to the like the top of the agenda, um, you know, discussing it. Uh, what you know, um, how do, uh, does Mecha feel about capitalism? That kept getting tabled. Uh, certain individuals just wanted to to focus on, on removing uh, Chicana, Chicano, and, and uh, Aslan. So um, it, it was uh, very uh, illuminating and uh, it brought a lot of hope to me because, um, you know, after reading comments uh, online uh, from people and a lot of uh, disagreement and a lot of frustration, um, it, it felt like a, a beacon of hope because um, just because Mecha technically voted through uh they got i guess they removed chicana chicano and aslan through a technical vote does not necessarily reflect um how the whole uh national mecha feels even though they may not officially be in the national Me so there's like uh, uh that document reminded me that there's campus autonomy and uh, mecha de ucla uh, wants to keep, uh, you know, uh, they want to keep their organization as Movimiento Estudiantil Chicana, Chicano, Chicanex, Aslan, and um, they, you know, they reaffirm their commitment to uh, to community service, to uh, mentoring uh, youth, and they do such a fantastic job. And I feel like that chapter, um, I, I just, I have this uh, this feeling that they have a stronger connection with their um, with their alumni and it just seems like they have their 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 head on their shoulders and they're just like they're very focused and very thoughtful and um, it, it brings me uh, a lot of hope and positivity to this whole situation awesome awesome no absolutely um i know uh i mentioned that ucla also held an event on may 24th to uh, open lines of communication between current members and alumni uh, in, re in regards to uh, the name change and uh, state of Mecha. So I think that uh, we're, we're definitely uh, going in a good direction with that when uh, uh, chapters like Mecha the UCLA are taking proactive approaches uh, uh, to address uh, this uh, uh, issue. And um, uh, I, I encourage uh, other chapters to uh, do the same. Uh, reach out to the community, to alumni, because we're here. We, we, we want to share our stories, our experiences, and uh, help out in any uh, which way we can. So um, is there anything else uh, uh, you want to uh, um, I I just like to uh, reemphasize that um, I we're not necessarily attacking people with a difference of opinion, um, but I I think that um, 
we, we need to talk more. Um, there needs to be more um, uh, analysis and more, more of a connection with Mecha alumni and, uh, and the Mecha membership. Um, but I also think there should be a, um, a, a, a mutual level of respect um, because uh, that uh, NPR um, uh, audio didn't not sit well with me. It kind of discourages me. I, I felt that was hostile and I hope I'm mistaken, but that was my impression. And um, I, yeah, I just think that's uh, that's the, the best place to start uh, just uh, communicating with one another and, uh, you know, it's going from there. For sure. And, uh, you know, thanks. Thank you for share, share, sharing this and and, and for us to, to, uh, to, to talk about it because, you know, I, I haven't been... Um, politically involved for the past like six years so um and so and then now that i live out of state I, i've been like really really like out of it mm -hmm. so so I've, I've been reading i've been reading all the articles online following social media um but that but that but, but, but that also doesn't really really attack you know really 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 go to the meat of the discussion right mm -hmm. so for me to 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 hear from you here uh uh here uh, here from a prophet like it's it's really giving me a lot of insight and so it's, this is this is good. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, no. Likewise, you know, uh, I'm I'm you know I'm glad we discussed this. Uh, it certainly uh, made me brush up on my reading. Um, I, uh, you know, I I've been uh, uh, I guess uh, at a commission for a little while. Um, I know that uh, say for example uh, orgs like Unión del Barrio. Uh, are encouraging um, alumni to uh, get involved. Uh, we get caught up on different things uh, as uh, adults, older adults. And uh, so um, sometimes it's difficult for people to re-engage with uh, politics and so forth, but but uh, it, it should be done, it, it, uh, especially uh, during this uh, this period of uh, deport mass deportations, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, people being held uh, without re uh, representation, and and so forth. So um, let's, uh, yeah, let's talk. Let's uh, let's keep this going and uh, build. Yeah, for sure. All right. Is that all right? Really quick, um, I I also read in um, you know some of Unión del Barrio's um, articles that uh, they were uh, Metro DCLA uh, put a fantastic conference on, but they were left with a big bill. If you can make donations to their, um, I think it's Venmo at, or their PayPal, that would be greatly appreciated. Yeah. Please support them if you can. Yeah. Go to uniondelbarrio.org and uh, you'll be able to find the uh, info for that. Give to the cause. Yes, yeah. yes. All right. All right. All right, y'all. I guess. All right. Well, with that being said, that'll be the the last of our Let's Talk About segment, uh, part two. Uh, next up is the last word here on the Ike Podcast with myself, Kit Palsy. El Profe. Y el Cholo Viejo. With... Monica. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Peace. We'll be back.
No te esponjes. If you want to write us, you can send us postcards, letters, or gifts to P.O. Box 844, Camarillo, California, 93011. We're also accepting artwork, which we'll display on Instagram. And we're also accepting band demos, which we'll play on our podcast. Es la neta. We look forward to hearing from you. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. Gracias. What's up, y'all? We are back here on the EK Podcast, episode 008, with myself, Kid Palsy. And El Profe. Yes, yes, y'all. And it is time now for the last word here on this episode. So, Profe, what is the last word? Well, what happened, Kid Palsy? You were here one moment, then you're gone. Yeah, man. You know, it's crazy how things work. You know, it's 2019 and uh, we have the uh, the technology for teleportation. So, you know, once once uh, once uh, we finished um, the Let's Talk About segment, I, I, had to, I had to come back home and check out my beans and rice and chicken that I left here you, on the stove. You left the stove on? You know, I, I left it uh, low. I left it on simmer, you know. I left it on low because I was cooking some food. You know, and uh, but I came back to ch- just to check, and everything was great. Everything was cool. Um, I, 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 um, I did not burn my food, so I was able to have a nice, hearty meal that uh, that night. <laughs> and and now I'm uh, back on Skype. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, as we can tell by the shitty quality, <laughs> you know. Uh, but any, but, but anyway, you know, um, it was it was really great to record um, with Cholo Viejo at his pad. You know, uh, yeah. very very great, very awesome experience, and uh, very great time with uh, with Monica Valenzuela um, as our guest. You know, as she as she gave us yeah. some jewels, some gems, some knowledge to clear to clarify some some. Uh, some confusion, some misconceptions, you know, um, with what was happening uh, recently with Mecha and its proposition of name change, you know, because um, I know a lot yeah. of folks oh, were very confused and wanted to, to get some things cleared out. So hopefully that was able to do it for y'all. No, definitely, definitely, Kit Pazzi. And uh, yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Monica Valenzuela. And uh, to add to that, uh, she gave us a list of uh, recommended uh uh, reading sources regarding uh, Mecha and so I'm just going to read off some titles for our listeners um, the first one we have here is entitled Youth Identity and Power by Carlos M- Muñoz Jr. and uh, the next one is uh, Mecha and the Transformation of Chicano Student Activism Generational Change Conflict and Continuity by Maria Eva Valle then we have Mecha Leadership Manual, History, Philosophy, and Organizational Strategy by Roberto Tijerina Cantu. Uh, We have La Unión Hace la Fuerza, Mecha and Chicana, Chicano Student Activism in California, 1967 to 1999 by Gustavo Licón. Then we have uh, Towards a Revolutionary Mecha, Intersectionality, Diversity, and the Queering of Chicanisma uh, by Sandra Yesenia Baca Huerta. And if people um, are interested in checking out Monica Valenzuela's thesis online, 
Uh, it's entitled Mecha, a Chicana, Chicano History, 1969 to 2010. That's on Scribd. Um, the link is long, so we, if you're interested in uh, checking it out online, DM us, uh, send us an email, or uh, call our voicemail with your contact info, and we'll forward you uh, the link to Monica Valenzuela's, which is on Scribd online. Right, Kid Palsy? Yes, yes, y'all. So you know, just uh, just drop us a line, and we'll send you the info, so, uh, so you can y'all, uh, so y'all can just uh, read up on it. You know. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good uh, information. Absolutely, uh, some food for thought, y'all. Yeah, and so, alrighty, uh, we we kind of uh, we kind of touched on this um, in the in the beginning of the podcast on the intro, but can you go into a, a little bit of what's to come for the ne- for for the next uh, for the next episode, Profe? Sure, Kid Posse. So, uh, episode 009 will uh, focus on the current budget crisis going on at um, in the city of Oxnard. Um, they recently had a, uh, several, um, a series of uh, city council meetings, and um, we're gonna be talking about that. Uh, we're gonna be talking about the inner workings of uh, the politics going on in uh, Oxnard. And uh, we'll be interviewing uh, Luis Huereca, who has uh, worked for the city for, uh, I'm going to say somewhere between 15, 20 years. So we're going to get the inside scoop directly from him. And so it, it should be very insightful for our listeners. For sure. You know, I was looking forward to that, you know, as a former resident uh, of uh, the 805, you know, it's very sad to see what's happening re- uh, uh, recently, you know. And so I'm also um, very out of the loop. So for me to know this information is going to be good. So and I'm pretty sure it's going to be good for our, our, our listeners as well. Uh, but yeah. All righty. Well, with that said, I mean, should we should we end the should we should we end the now, profe, or what's? Or what yeah, else? I guess I, I guess we should wrap it up. Alrighty. So with that said, um, thanks again to uh, thanks again for all the listeners. Uh, thanks again to Cholo Viejo for his for his uh, for his kind of hospitality. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks to Monica Venezuela for 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 her knowledge and her presence. You know, and again, please to all the listeners keep keep supporting us. Please send us an email. Please, uh, please, please uh, DM us on the social media, and please give us a call and drop us a, a, a line with with anything on your mind, and we'll play it here on the podcast for future episodes. Absolutely, thank you so much for your support, everybody. Keep uh, listening to us, and we'll keep uh, give, uh, giving you info. And uh, we look forward to um, hearing from you soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, be safe out there. Practice safe sex. Don't be afraid of foreplay. <laughs> Relax. Relax, profe. This is, <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Peace.
This podcast was produced by El Profe and engineered by Kid Palsy. Our music was provided by Steven and JX Tracks. All rights reserved, Consafos 2019. Hello everyone, este es el Cholo Viejo de Oxnard 805 with the three jokes of the day. First joke, why do Mexicans make good firemen? Answer, because they can tell the difference between Jose and Jose B. Second joke, what do you call a Mexican who can't find his car? Answer, Carlos. And here's one for your next 420 broadcast. What do you call a group of stoned Mexicans? Answer, baked beans. And that, my friends, was the three jokes of the day. Este es el Cholo Viejo de Oxnard 805 diciendo, Viva la raza! <laughs>